Welcome back to the Stories of Freedom podcast. Um, this has been an adventure getting this podcast started, and this episode uh, is no different than the other ones. <laughs> um, things are going to be a little different today. Kayla is not here, but uh, but my wife Renee is going to co-host with me. Hello. So many of you guys, I'm sure, know her in the church. Um, she's here more than I am, anyway. But running around like a mad crazy woman. <laughs> But um, anyway, so yeah, we, we've had some challenges this week, and um, like I said, I think every episode we've recorded, we've had to record more than once, and this one, this is the third time now recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, late night frustrations. Yes, <laughs> very late night and very, frustrate, or very frustrating. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll get it. So if you guys could just pray for us out there that we would get these technology. Um, technology issues sorted out. I never thought it'd be this difficult to hook some microphones up to a computer, hit record, and throw it up on the internet. Never thought it'd be this difficult, little, but it is. Little did you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're figuring it out, though, and, uh, and and we'll get through it. But this week, um, I decided, rather than having a guest on, um, because we didn't really know how the, the new... Um, with the, being in the new building on Sunday, we didn't know how the uh, if it was going to be set up all the way or not to record using the equipment at the church. And my computer only lets us record two microphones, and now it's not letting me record any microphone, which is super frustrating. But um, well, I could probably do one through a different software, but that's that's a story in itself. So we um, that's why Kayla and I actually on Saturday recorded an episode where I share the second part of my testimony. And it turned out there was a huge echo, and I edited it, thought I got the echo down enough, and then Renee listened to it and said, I wouldn't listen to that. <laughs> I would stop listening to it. Drive me crazy. So I decided, well, I better re-record it. Um, that one was really long, too. It was like an hour and 20 minutes long. So I'm going to do my best to keep this one shorter um, and uh, minimize the... Um, not, like. not just kind of blabble on about the last 10 years of our life and uh, and really just focus in on just so you understand the struggle that we had and how quickly God was able to turn it around. I mean, because he turned it around quick. Yep. So um, with that being said, um, I think I'll, I'll probably just go ahead and get started. Um, we'll have another one on hopefully next weekend. And then two weekends after that, and we'll just do them every other weekend for now, um, work around my, my work schedule, and then hopefully, uh, you know, in the future, we can maybe get them on weekly and stuff, because I've still got a lot of people lined up and just haven't been able to put them on. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get started and go through our story together. That was the other thought, too. When I re-recorded it, I figured it'd be nice to have Renee on the podcast with me, because we went through this struggle together. And it was a big struggle. It was a big struggle. <laughs> we basically um, spent 10 years, um, or actually not just 10 years, but like our whole marriage uh, struggling to be financially stable and um, just trying to do things on our own. And I mean, I know for me anyway, I was more frustrated at God and asking God, why are you doing this to us? I'm working super hard. And I wasn't so much asking, I mean, I was asking for his help, but more from a less of a faith point of view and more of a frustration point of view, mm -hmm. I think. And um, and it wasn't until I fully gave that to him. So 
basically we got married in 2006 in September 2006 and early 2007 we found out we were pregnant with Joel yep and uh, I freaked out I mean I was super excited I, I couldn't wait to be a dad but um, we weren't uh, financially ready for that just yet so I freaked out went into survival mode pretty much and uh, started working my butt off at everything and anything oh, that, that I was could both of us yep so um, I remember, so when that happened, I kind of gave up my um, goal at being a graphic designer. Got through with college right before we got married because um, I was struggling to find work uh, that would pay the bills in that career and decided I would uh, I would be an electrician. Um, knew that was a, a decent paying job and uh, I had some friends that were electricians going through this five-year apprenticeship out in Sacramento and they were doing pretty good at it and seemed to enjoy their job and even though I never saw myself getting into construction I'd been more of a computer nerd my whole life <laughs> um, I thought hey you know what I got to pay the bills yeah so I signed up in 2007 and it uh, was a rough <laughs> road after that because it took two years I mean I, I'm sure you guys remember the economy back then not good and because of the waiting list and then the economy and and contractors not really hiring it took two years just to get started in this five-year apprenticeship yeah so in those two years um in those two years it it really uh um we struggled and then the first three years of the apprenticeship we struggled as well um yeah. or at least three years I mean, we well, it was it was the whole apprenticeship but the first three years i stayed i struggled to stay busy i think it was in that third year though yeah well it was in the fourth year that i started with uh there were no there were points that hey we were doing oh, yeah. pretty good there were, but they didn't last very long. They didn't last long. And in order for those to last, we I mean, I was working out of town and stuff. I mean, you were able to go on the road with me for the longer ones, but it was mm -hmm. still, we didn't really have a home, a yeah. place to call home. And they, they didn't last because after those jobs ended, I was sitting at home for a month or two, and whatever money we saved up just went out the window. Fun. So during that time, um, during those two years before the apprentice started, we were waiting for that, and then and then the three years of the, uh, uh, the first three years of the apprenticeship, um, I did things like, um, I did things like, um, well, I, I, I decided to experiment a little bit in trading currency online and, um, and direct sales and direct sales. And, uh, none of that really paid off. Uh, unfortunately we did two different direct sales or network marketing companies. And, uh, one of them we had a little success at off the bat, but it, it only lasted a couple of months. And then my job took me us out of town and, and it kind of faded away. So what happened during those years, though, is I would go to work, and I would come home, and I would work some more. And, I mean, Joel was born at the end of 2007, and we really, um, and, and from the moment, I mean, we were pregnant with him. I was already, that's when I started doing work in my job, and then coming home, doing the currency trading stuff. And it was only practicing. I wasn't even putting in real money, because... I wasn't there. I couldn't, you know, quite figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I was coming home, and, I, and I, I'd like to explain all these different things that we did as kind of like a, a carrot that was dangled in front of me, and I kept thinking that one of these are going to pay off eventually. Yep. So I was okay at making sacrifices. I knew that you had to make sacrifices to kind of move ahead in life. wasn't afraid to make them. Um, but in doing so, um, sacrificed a lot of time with our family. So, I mean, um, those first, uh, you know, two years and three years, those five years, um, up until the fourth year of the apprenticeship, um, I was either not working 
and sitting at home working those other jobs or those businesses all day long mm-hmm. or I was going to work and then coming home and working those businesses. Yeah. A lot of and sacrifice. When you started the apprenticeship, when you actually started it, <laughs> we our second child came along. Yes, that's the yep, Zila was born. <laughs> and I had uh, to stop working for that. Yep. So that's why it hit survival mode because our one babies income. Yeah, one income, um, our babysitters that we had with just one child, you know, we lost one, um, moved out of state, one got a job, and then it was too much on my grandma, who who would also help watch the kid, yeah. Joel. Um, it was too much for her to, to ask her to watch, too. Yeah, so, so I mean, that was... Uh and babies, uh, daycare was just expensive. Yeah, so when I started the apprenticeship, I mean, yeah, we went down to one income. Mm-hmm. And uh, my income didn't actually raise the first year. It went down just a little bit, but we knew that it would go up a little bit more. Every year I'd get a raise with the apprenticeship. But even with when we made good money, it didn't matter because I couldn't stay working very long. No. And then in 2000, at the end of 2012, as I started my fourth year apprentice, uh, ship, um, things started to look up, but didn't last very long. No. Um, I mean, we... It, it was right before Thanksgiving. I ended up uh, getting a job with a company in Sacramento that, uh, or a company in Sacramento, and all their work was in the Bay Area. The economy was starting to pick up into 2012 and beginning of 2013, and there was a lot of work in the Bay Area. So I took a local job, and um, they didn't have me on the road so much, but I was commuting to the Bay Area. Didn't matter, though, because I was home every night. I was home on the weekends, and the paychecks were really good with that company because yeah, it, it was prevailing wage in the highest-paid county in California. So, uh, And I was a fourth-year apprentice, so I was making almost journeyman wages at that point. Yeah. And things were looking good. I thought, cool, maybe this is it. You know, the, This work's going to move over to the Sacramento area over the next couple of years, and hopefully by the time I finish up my apprenticeship, you know, I'll be making money and, and we'll be consistent, you know. Yeah. But what ended up happening instead is a month and a half into that job, uh, I ended up uh, um, starting feeling sick on that job. So to give you a little background, as a kid, um, there were a couple of times I passed out as a kid for either being hurt just very minorly or, um, you know, just a little bit of pain. Or also in... Uh, in church. In church. In high school, I passed out. Um, and it was when I was new to that church, and nobody knew who I was, and I passed out. Uh, oddly enough, our, the, our friend who introduced us, she had the same condition. It did. Yep, she did. So it... <laughs> <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she did. Um, which is kind of how I was able to figure out kind of what was going, going on and help the doctors kind of go in the right direction. But uh, so anyway, in 2012, I started to have, after being on this job site... It was 2011. No, that was 2012. 2011 is when I passed out on the job site. So I'm glad you brought that up because I did forget. Um, in 2011, I passed out on the job site uh, one day. And, um, and then in 2012, when I started with this company, um, I started getting the same feelings. I mean, I started getting sick to my stomach, dizzy, lightheaded, mm-hmm. things like that. And sometimes in very like disoriented, felt like I was on the verge of passing out. So I went to go see a doctor. And got kicked off that job site because they said until they figure out what's going on, they didn't want me on that job. They didn't want you on any job. Yeah, on any job. Um, they until said, don't I got come back without off. a doctor's yeah. note. So I got signed off to do light duty while they, was, while they were still trying to figure out what was going on. So I was in the shop and um, went for making good prevailing wage work to a flat rate. I mean, like a, a lower, much lower rate, like less than half of what I was making on that, that other job site. And... Um, and not knowing what the future was going to hold with my health. 
So um, it took them, I don't know, probably about a month or two before I finally got diagnosed. I mean, it was a while. Yeah. Well, the first time you went, the doctor said, oh, you have allergies. Yeah. Take a Sudafed. (laughs) And I'm like, you came home with this medicine. And I'm like, looking at the side effects may cause drowsiness. Do not operate heavy machinery. (laughs) And you were on heavy machinery. I was like, you got to go get a second opinion. So I went and saw another doctor. He recommended me to a cardiologist. And um, after about a month, month and a half, I got diagnosed with that same condition that, you know, our friend had, which was vasovagal syncope. Um, I'm glad you remember. I cannot remember. Of course I remember. I live with the thing. (laughs) 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 But uh, basically what that is is... Um, the vagus nerve that shuts your body down when you experience trauma, it's a little overreactive in me. And I, it triggers with little pain, which explains why when I got hit in the arm with a baseball as a kid, when I was in little league, I passed out (laughs) and it didn't even hurt that bad, but you know, my body's like, Oh no, freak out and shut down. And then, um, well, and then other times like on the job site, uh, a year before and this job site, there was something else triggering it. And it's really hard to say what it, it is. It could be weather, it could be noise, could be dust, could be just my body going time to shut down. Well, like, in 2011, it could have been that you guys were working 13 days from sunup to sundown. That, well, no, that was a second round of that. So they had toned it down to 12 hour shifts. In and, 2011, uh, when you first passed out, that's when you were oh, working. Oh, you're right. Those. That was the end of that job site. You're right. You're that job. You're right. A wife always remembers. <laughs> See, <laughs> take note of that. That's why we've been happily married for 2000 <laughs> or for, uh, you know, what? Uh, I can't even remember. 12 years now. I was trying to do the math. 12 and a half years now because I always say, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> remember. <laughs> but anyway, so with that happening, um, I, my doctor said, it's not safe for you to keep doing this line of work. You need to find something else. So we go, here we go again. And I went <laughs> back in survival mode. I mean, I was at a point where for month, month and a half on this other job site, I was coming home. I was home for the first time. I could actually come home from work, not worry about how bills were going to get paid, spend time with our family and still, and have money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And that was just taken away like that. Um, and now I've got to go start another career. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do at this point. Mm -hmm. So I freaked out again, got frustrated with God and, um, went back into survival mode. And for the last year of my apprenticeship, I spent, um, I mean, it was back to chasing the carrot. I mean, working and then coming home and working some more because the last few months or six months, I, or not for the last six months, um, for six months, the first six months of that last year of my apprenticeship, I was coming home and studying for my real estate test. Yep. California has like one of the hardest real estate tests to pass. So um, um, it, it was really hard getting that. I didn't pass the first time and had to do it again. So that was frustrating as well. Uh, but in April of 2014, I got my real estate license and I started, uh, and then I, then I had to start studying for my journeyman test. Right. Um, and by August of 2014, um, I, I finished up my apprenticeship and, um, from April of 2014 until about November of 2014, I was working and then coming home and working some more on real estate, trying to get that business going. And then on top of that, you were with a company in your apprenticeship mm-hmm. program that you really liked. It was a smaller company than the other ones. Yes. But they were contracted with SMUD. Utility company out there, for those it's, of you who don't know. Uh, yeah. And that was... Um, 
we have this so many weeks of work for you, and then you'd get there, and yeah. they'd be like, no, we only have a day of work. Yep. That um, happened over and over. So. so that was a constant. So even though you liked the company you were with and you liked your boss, um, he couldn't keep you working. Yeah, and I needed to stay with him because he was with, with that company. I was able to work around his schedule in the real estate company as well. Mm-hmm. So trying to, um, I mean, I was working with a good friend of ours in real estate, uh, a friend that grew up next door to me. Um, they were like second parents to me growing up, and uh, he, he owns a broker. Um, um, He's a broker and owns his own office in Sacramento. So between the two, I was able to work uh, with them, and uh, did that for you know from April to November of 2014, just really trying to get it going. And then in November, we went up to Tahoe to visit your or to to spend the to, day. To, no, it was the weekend. My my because you were off work again. Yeah, it was. Um, it was on Sunday in November, the beginning of November. No, it was a whole weekend we stayed. No, we didn't. Oh, you did. I came home with your dad that day, remember? <laughs> That's what I was thinking we stayed. I know. I'm like, how do you not remember this? But now I remember. I was like, so. yeah. So um, my parents owned Timeshare up in Tahoe. And we went and you were like, I wonder if they, if you need a real estate license to sell Timeshare. I was like, it doesn't hurt to ask. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I remember that in my training that that timeshare was a direction you can go in real estate. So I I was like, I wonder if they're they're hiring or what it would take if that's all you need yeah. to work here. So I went in and I talked to the salesperson that uh, your parents were actually talking to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he suggested it, set me up with a job interview. I came back next week and got the job. And at that same time is when we found out we were pregnant with Eleanor. Mm, I think it was, it was more a little bit December. after, but either way, I mean, as I was starting that job, because um, I started that job at the beginning, it was the first week of December. I went on my training, and uh, we found out shortly after that that we were pregnant with Eleanor. So we stayed in Sacramento, living in Sacramento, while I tried this job out and where you could be with family while you were pregnant. And um, for those seven mo- or you know, about seven months or so, I was going to work up in Tahoe. I was gone during the week, but I would come home in the middle of the week once, uh, but I was still gone a lot Mm -hmm. back to, you know, like I said, still staying in that survival mode, not spending a lot of time with family. I mean, the whole time our kids are alive, dad's working and then coming (laughs) home and working more, or he's working out of town Yeah, and dad's not there a lot. And it was really hard um, to do that, but it's, it's what we need to do. And I struggled a lot in timeshare but I saw a lot of potential. There were a lot of people I worked with that made good money, which is why I stuck with it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then in July of 2015, when um, right after Eleanor was born, mm-hmm. we got the keys to the place that we're renting now here in Gardnerville, and we moved out to Gardnerville. And um, uh, struggled for the following the next year, although I did have some really good months in there, and mm-hmm. things were looking up, and I thought that it was working out. But then, uh, then they just kind of faded away. I had some other things happen at that that uh, at the resort that made me decide to move on. And I started working with uh, Bo Kruger. I'm sure you know Pastor Leo's son at Toyota uh, in Carson City. Yeah. And uh, I figured it might be easier to sell cars than timeshare, and I was right. It was a better fit for me. It was more natural, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I went in and actually made quite a bit of money right off the bat. I mean, not. And you like selling cars. And I like selling cars. You was, like buying cars. I like buying cars, and we bought two the year that I worked <laughs> there. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I, you know, so I did that, and it, it seemed to be working out better at first. Um, 
I, I was for the first time in in our marriage. I think that was the longest we went with being financially stable. But yeah. the problem came when I was spending all my time at that at that um, at Toyota because that's what the car business is. You've got to spend a lot of time there, just like a lot of other sales jobs and yeah. businesses. Well, and then it followed it followed you home. <laughs> and it followed me home. I got phone calls when we were at home and and spent some time in the back room and had to go in, you know, on my days off or going early or come home late. And sometimes I wouldn't even know until that day that I thought I was going to have off. I'd get a phone call from a customer and have to run down there real quick. Yeah. So um, it, it, it became really, even though the, the money was good, I mean, we were uh, not rich by any means, but we were paying our bills and things were looking up and, 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 I, and I was enjoying my job. Um, I just figured it, it was really uh, taking a toll still on the family because, again, I was still not home. And we actually ended up getting a, into a big fight uh, uh, by almost missing your cousin Ashley's wedding. I was so mad. <laughs> I, was like, I kept reminding you from yeah. uh, January. Remember, we've known about this I for know. a year. Oh, now I'm going to get lectured in front of everybody from, on this podcast. Yep, from January, <laughs> February. Hey, did you request the time off? He knew about it for a year. But anyway, so I almost missed that because of the job, and uh, and I mean your cousin is like your sister to you, so that was not uh, that was not an option. But I ended up making it late. I missed the ceremony, but I got there for the reception. And uh, thanks to Bo, he was able to sneak me out of there a little early that day, so that was awesome. But um, at that point, I think that's when we started talking about maybe looking and seeing what else was out there. And I hadn't really actively started looking, but I saw an advertisement on Facebook for Panasonic at the Tesla Gigafactory up there in Sparks. And they were hiring for a lot of different positions because they're just getting started and, and they're growing over the next couple of years. And I was like, and this is like at nine o'clock at night, I saw this ad come up and I, I, and I didn't have to go into work the next day. You, got, you found that other job. No, I found this one first. <laughs> so I uh, went through and... Um, I, I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put a resume together real quick tonight, and I'm going to go there in the morning and go to this career fair and see what kind of job I can get. And I was trying for, I, I basically went and told them what I was making at Toyota and said, I, these are, you know, this is my history. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm a journeyman electrician. I've got my real, or my, uh, well, not real estate, but I've been in sales for three years, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. so I've got people skills, things like that. Um, looking for leadership, looking for maybe maintenance, looking for maybe safety, any of these areas that I had a little experience with right. um, and thought I had a better chance since they were hiring a lot of people. Um, but they shot me down on maintenance really quick. They said that I'm not well-rounded in like the mechanical aspect of it. I just know the electrical and I didn't have experience in, um, in like hydraulics and pneumatic systems. So they're like, you know, that you don't qualify for that. So just forget about that. Um, safety, you don't qualify for that. Even though I had my OSHA 30 and I'd done all these safety courses and, and I was, you know, led some safety meetings in my apprenticeship and, you know, I, I was in charge of it for one of my jobs. And, um, they just told me I didn't qualify. Anyway, they ended up putting me or in leadership, but they said that they wanted me to bring me in as kind of like an entry-level operator position yeah. and to, to work um, with my qualifications and with my, you know, the skills that I was bringing. They said if I worked really hard about a year or two, I could probably work up to a couple levels and get to the point where I was making what I was making at Toyota. Yeah. So that was my goal going in. I put all that stuff aside and I went in thinking leadership, you know, management, like that's the direction I'm going. Right. And uh, there was a gap between when I applied for that job 
and it started because they were hiring so many people, so I had to wait my turn. It was almost two months, and during that time, I started thinking about the pay cut that we were taking, and I freaked out, and I saw another job, a sales job come up, and uh, basically, it was a Monday through Friday, kind of work from home type thing, set your own hours, and the potential was really good with that company. It sounded like a lot of fun, so... I went ahead and dove into that one as well. And I started that one a week before Panasonic. And I left Toyota because I was tired of not having any time at home with (laughs) my family. And um, I went back to what I'd been doing our whole marriage. I went back to working and then coming home and working some more. Because I ended up, uh, that sales job was going to take a little while to build up the income that I needed. As in all sales jobs. Yeah. Well... Yeah, but the commission wasn't right away. I had yeah. to build up a big enough customer base before they give me commission um, because of the way that business worked. Uh, so I really started that first month. I mean, that's, that was the beginning of August of last year in 2017. And then about a month after that, the beginning of September, um, I was at home one day. You know, I'd been sitting there working, coming home and working some more. Uh, I was at home one day with Joel. I don't remember where you guys were at. The girls, you know, you, Zila, and Ella weren't home. I don't remember where you guys were at. And Joel said... Probably out shopping. Probably. (laughs) Well, I don't know. We didn't have money for you to be shopping. Probably grocery shopping. Grocery shopping, yeah, maybe that. (laughs) Uh, Buying all that Top Ramen and hot dogs and mac and cheese that we could afford (laughs) because of the pay cut I took. And chili. (laughs) But um, we're eating like college students again. So that was fun. But um, <laughs> kids liked it, though. They liked that food. I but Joel came up to me uh, when they were gone and was like, hey, can I ask you a question, Dad? And I was like, yeah, sure, bud. What's up? And he, uh, he asked me, he said, uh, are you happy that you had me? And I was not ready for that question. Um, and I knew why he was asking that question. So immediately I was like, of course I am, you know. I love you, man. I'm I'm glad that you're here and 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 I love your sisters. I love your mom and I'm so happy that you know I have this family and you know, but it really broke my heart because I mean, he's 9 at this time getting ready to turn 10. I'd been working his whole life and I mean, I was doing it for him. I was doing it for us, for the family, but he didn't understand that. I mean, he just knows that dad's not home. So, I don't know why I asked him because I knew the answer, but I asked him anyway. Um why, you know, I said, why, why do you ask that? And he just said, because you're not home. And when you are, you're busy, you know, you, you don't have time for us. And you yell a lot. Cause yeah, I was frustrated. So our frustration came out to our kids. I mean, sometimes it still does. Yeah. I mean, when you're, not to. when you're stressed, unfortunately, you know, and worried about how you're paying bills and things like that, little things, uh, you know, you're, you're more easily upset and, uh, and overreact and, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understood exactly where he was coming from. But I took that the wrong direction. Like, I was like, okay, I got motivated. It motivated me to work harder at the sales job. Instead of going, okay, I just need to be here with my family, I was like, I've got to sit there and work harder at the sales job because it's going to give me more time at home with the kids than this Panasonic job. Mm-hmm. So I basically doubled down on that and really thought that was the direction that I needed to go. And then at the end of 2000, or I'm sorry, at the end of not the end of September, it was like maybe a week and a half, two weeks later, the men's encounter was coming up. Mm-hmm. So basically, that is a weekend in Tahoe from Friday night to Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoon in Tahoe. A uh, group of us go with another church up in Reno, and it was the second one that our church did, and the first one that I that could, go, could to. go to. But 
I hadn't told. And it was last minute. Yeah, because I hadn't told Bill that I wanted to go. I didn't even really want to go. I mean, I did, but I was like, I don't have time for it. And then that week leading up to it, or I think it was the weekend before, I, I was like, you know what? I need a break. I need I need uh, to get recharged. I'm feeling very um, drained, and I, I want to go up there and just kind of, you know, I don't know, I guess just get refocused and, and stuff. And I didn't expect to get out of it what I did. But on Tuesday, I asked Bill, I said, I want to go this weekend to the men's encounter. And he's like, yeah, you, you missed that. I mean, like, it's been sold out for a while. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, but I'll let you know if, if somebody cancels. And sure enough, Friday, somebody canceled. So I couldn't make it Friday because I was working Friday, but I had Saturday and Sunday off. So I went up Saturday morning, and I was not prepared for what happened. I mean, I came down that mountain a different person, a different guy, a different man, yeah. and made a, a new commitment to my family, to God, and uh, boy, did life change. So basically, um, I felt God tell me pretty early on on Saturday, you need to quit this sales job. Um, it's taken up too much of your time. You've been doing this for pretty much your whole marriage and your whole the whole the whole time your kids have been alive you've worked and come home and worked you just need to take the job that I've given you and trust me with it there's a lot of potential there you just need to trust me with it and I'm like but I can't live off of this small paycheck you know <laughs> I mean like what's going to happen just trust me with it and I fought him all day, and it's even funny because that night I remember praying with one of the guys that the sales job would I'd have start having more success. I mean, I was ha I was doing good with it. I was you know yeah. things were working out, but um, that that it would kick in faster like sooner than later, and I get to the commission part sooner than later so I could be <laughs> home with my family. Even though all day God had been telling me to quit it. I mean, I was really fighting God on this thing. And uh, finally on Sunday morning, um, without giving anything away sorry we've got you probably hear a daughter in the background she's she's here with us because we didn't have a babysitter but we need to get this thing recorded okay just let her take it off okay okay so okay there you go so anyway sorry about that so sunday morning um basically what ended up happening was uh they said, all right, um, whatever God's been putting on your heart to surrender to him, this is your time to do it. I mean, you aren't going to do it when you go home. Uh, we're running out of time here today. I mean, it's going to be over in a couple hours. And if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And they said, we're going to take about 10 minutes here. And you need to surrender. You guys need to surrender whatever it is God's been telling you to surrender. And they played the song, I Surrender, <laughs> by Hilltop uh, United, or Hillsong United. And I love that band. I love that song. And, um, you know, I think I told you guys last week, uh, or last episode, it wasn't last week, <laughs> last episode that uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, not charismatic at all, didn't raise my hand, you know, didn't ever, I don't think I really ever raised my hands in worship and stuff, let alone got down on my knees. But during that song, I got down on my knees and I just gave it to God, you know. Um, I just said a quick little prayer and I sat the rest of the time just letting God take it from me. Um, basically told God, I know what you're telling me, and I'm sorry for fighting you on it, and um, I give up, I surrender, and uh, it's yours. I don't know how we're going to do this, but I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to trust you. And, uh, and then I just sat there, and, and for the last, you know, eight minutes or so, I just sat there crying. And the crying that it was, the way I can relate to it, is like when an athlete is in a competition and it's over 
And whether they win, whether they lose, it's over. And you just see all that emotion and all that like weight being lifted. Yeah. That's what I felt. I mean, it was just, just gone. And by the end of that song, I, uh, I felt free. I felt happy. I felt, I wasn't even worried. I just was like, God's got it. Like, I don't know what he's going to do, but this is going to work out. I didn't expect it to work out as fast as it did, <laughs> but I was yeah. like, it's going to work out and we'll get through this next year or two of, of trying to struggle and pay bills, but I'm going to spend time with my family and God's going to take care of the finances. Mm-hmm. And I came home and that night we had a conversation. I was like, I need a we need family meeting. Like we need to talk. And I, and I first addressed Joel and I told him, you know, you asked me this question a couple of weeks ago and it, it broke my heart and it's my fault. Like you're perfectly okay asking that question. I'm glad that you did. And I said, that's my fault. That's on me. I'm sorry. He's crying. I'm crying. And I'm like, we're, we're going to quit this sales job. We're going to spend time together. You got stuck with an emotional family though. I cried everything. Yeah. You were crying and Zila started crying because we were all crying. And Ella, a little two-year-old over here, she's just looking like, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was a good, I mean, it was, it was a very good, um, very powerful moment in our family. Yeah. And God went to work immediately. Um, that following week, it was either that week or the week after. I don't remember, but it was like right away. It was shortly after. And I know it was before September ended. Uh, because, and that, that was like this 18th, 19th, and 20th, I think, if I remember right, for the men's encounter. And it was before the end of the month. Um, I was at work, and uh, so it was within a week and a half, and one of the guys um, caused an electrical problem, we'll just say that, and they called the maintenance crew out, and the maintenance crew <laughs> came out, or, and well, one guy came out and was like, yeah, I don't do electrical. I don't know electric- electrical. We're going to have to call somebody else, and it's probably going to be a while because we only got one guy that knows electrical. And the guy that, you know, that kind of was heading up our department, this, that was a step above me, was like, well, Chris over here knows electrical. He's an electrician. Like, he can help you. So I went over and helped him kind of troubleshoot the problem and figure it out. But he still didn't want to do anything, and, and I didn't have any kind of say in what could be done because I wasn't in maintenance. So, but I had it figured out. I figured out what needed to be done. And, um, and, and while he was waiting for the other guy to come out, he's like, so you're an electrician? And I'm like, yeah. Well, why are you over here in maintenance? Like, why are you over here as an operator? And I'm like, um, I, I mentioned it in my career fair, and they told me no, because I didn't have, I'm not, I don't know mechanics. I don't know hydraulic systems, pneumatic systems. I've never worked in manufacturing. <laughs> and he goes, that doesn't matter. We need electricians. Like, we teach you that other stuff. We need electricians. <laughs> and I'm like, well, who do I talk to? <laughs> so um, he pointed me in the right direction. And, I mean, it still took about two months of, yeah. of pestering them. But, uh, I mean, as soon as I talked to my supervisor, he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't know you were an electrician. Yeah, you had to go and talk to a bunch of different yeah. people. Oh, when but, you came home and told me, I was like, <laughs> but he's like, I didn't know you were an electrician. Like, I, I didn't know that. So he's like, yeah, let me, let me get you in con- Let me figure this out. So he talked to somebody, came to me later and was like, yeah, we need you. So, he, you know, so it took about two months, but, uh, went through the process and got hired on. And at the, in December I started, um, oh, here's the other thing. Like when I took that position, um, or before I took that position, when I talked to the guy in maintenance, I didn't know what a maintenance tech made up there like money-wise. So I, I just asked him, I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, what does, you know, I mean, it didn't matter. It's a step up and it's, and I knew it paid more than what I was getting paid. But I was like, just out of curiosity, what's, what's the pay start off as a maintenance tech? 
come to find out it's the same level of the the lead position that I was trying to work to in the next year or two. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it basically happened. What, what could have taken up to two years took two months yeah. to happen. And it started that week after I surrendered everything to God, a week and a half, whatever. And it was just like, my goodness. I mean, God just worked it so fast and mm -hmm. turned everything around. And my schedule, the way my schedule is up there, I basically, I work 12-hour shifts, so I'm gone all day, especially with the commute, yeah. but I only work two days, and then I get two days off, and then every other weekend, I either work three days, or I get those three days off. Yeah. So, I only work like 14 days out of the month, Yeah. Um, and we get a lot of vacation time, a lot of stuff like that, and... Um, yeah, once you, once you committed to not doing the sales job, we had a lot more time to yes. do. To I mean together i know we've been busy the last couple of weeks but i've actually had time to help you out around the house more yeah do dishes for you more which i know you hate dishes <laughs> I hate and dishes. uh joel loves to play catch with the football so we go out and play football all the time yeah and uh, i mean then zila jumps in and ella jumps in and you know i can go hang out with them in the front yard i don't feel guilty anymore when i'm at home not working because we're paying the bills <laughs> we're playing with our kids and we're playing with the kids, and I mean, that, I mean, that's what I wanted to do the whole time they were alive anyway. But I, I felt guilty because we weren't paying the bills. And as a dad, as a, as the provider of the family, I'm like, I gotta get out there and make money. So if I'm at home, I'm making money. So uh, or I'm trying to make money, and that's the funny thing. All that time that I spent doing all this other stuff, I never made any money off of it. <laughs> we were struggling. The I think whole the time. most money I made off of any of those things I did, well, was the my salary. We made a decent amount of money for the first couple months, but. Uber, because <laughs> I signed up for Uber, too, when we bought our Prius. Well, no, actually, it was before the Prius. It was with the Jeep, too. The Jeep. But I signed up for Uber because I'm like, hey, that's free to sign up, and I can make money. But I don't even have to do that anymore, mm -mm. you know? Um, I mean, we're not rich by any means, but we're paying our bills. We're putting money in savings. We're paying down debt, and the future looks bright. Um, we're spending a lot of time together, a lot more time together as a family. We're playing board games together, which I never had time for before. I love board games. Uh, and I pass that love to our children. <laughs> they love playing board games. <laughs> and um, what was the other thing, too? Oh, and then even with my job, this is just the beginning of this career. I mean, there's 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 so many directions that I can go. It They're still building this out for, you know, a couple more years. And they've got more departments that are going to open up. They're still making it, building the maintenance crew up. Um, there's a possibility that if I, I can go back to school and they'll pay for most of it, like 90% of it, and maybe I can go into electrical engineering and, and do that stuff, which is a, is a big pay increase as well. And I mean, there's, there's a future there, and there's a future with our family, and it feels good. I mean, yeah. surrender to God, and finally, I mean, decided to stop being afraid and stop letting that fear control me and being in survival mode and just give it to God and say, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do something. And immediately he did something. It was awesome. What we tried to do in 10 years, he did in two months, which is ridiculous. <laughs> so if you're not giving something to God, if you're not surrendering something to God, even if it's your life, maybe you're listening to this and you're not, you haven't even given him your life yet. Surrender your life to him. I mean, I'm not promising everything's going to be you know, yeah. like, we, perfect. We still struggle. We still struggle, and we still get busy. Like, these last couple of weeks, like, we've had, we've been busy, but, um, and we've been running around like crazy, but there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, it's definitely, you know, you're gonna, if you surrender your life to God, 
or you surrender it's, it's something. It's peace within the chaos. It's exactly that's exactly what it is. Because uh, you know we still have chaotic lives, busy lives, but you know we're not like oh my goodness. Yeah. It's 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 a peace. It is. Yeah, I mean it's it's like like I said when I got when I surrendered to God at, up there at the men's encounter. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I had peace. I had no, there was no, there wasn't this weight of fear and this burden. There wasn't any of that. I just had a peace with God knowing that somehow he was going to provide, and he did. Um, and that's actually where God also told me I need to start doing this podcast again, which is why I recorded the the first like little intro in October because <laughs> uh, it was right after this, and this is also where I got the idea to call it Stories of Freedom, because uh, of the freedom that I felt when I gave it to God. It was a, It's my story of freedom. It's our story of freedom. And there's people out there that, you know, I mean, when you really surrender your life to God, when you decide to stop living your life on your own, there's so much freedom in that. True story. So... Is there anything in that that I missed or that you wanted to cover again or, uh, or bring up? Just in that surrendering to God, we started tithing. Oh, that's the other thing, too. Um, our paychecks, our small stuff, we did off and on yeah. before we moved to Gardnerville. But once we moved to Gardnerville, it's been a a more constant. Yeah. Yep. Tithing. tithing more and um and we've struggled less even times when it's tough you know we have struggled less once we started tithing God even when he provides yeah so but yeah um i mean that's that's our story that's the second part of my testimony i wanted to share that sooner than later anyway so i figured this week would have been a good week, or this weekend would have been a good weekend when I didn't know how the thing was going to, but we've had technical problems, so. Again, just pray that we get that figured out, and uh, and I promise I will do my best um, to get these up every other week. The, really, the reason why they haven't, the biggest reason is because of the technical issues, because we have to keep re-recording these and rescheduling them, and it's it's super frustrating. So it's not for lack of trying or anything like that. <laughs> we are trying, so just pray. Because I think the enemy is coming against us pretty hard on this. Um, doesn't want people to get their stories out. Doesn't want, yep. I, I uh, think that's it. I mean, hearing someone else's testimony, it could be exactly like yours. Yep. And um, if you don't hear it, you don't know. You're, you think you're going through the struggle on your own, and yep. you're not. There are other people who have the, the same exact story as you. Yeah. Might be a little different because they're different people, but... The other thing, too, is if you know somebody that's going through something that you can't relate to and then you hear a story on here of somebody that's going through the same thing they're going through, then you can have them listen to the episode. Or if they won't listen to the episode, you can just share with them their story and maybe be able to reach them that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's your story or somebody else's or your struggle or somebody else's. These stories are going are gonna to get out there and they're going to they're gonna help people, you know. And, um, yeah, so you might hear a children's song in the background. Our daughter has moved closer to us with the phone, and she's watching kids' videos on YouTube. But uh, she's done very well. 
<laughs> uh, other than that slight interruption in the middle there. But she's done very well and been very patient, and now she's not being patient anymore. So, so I think we're going to have to, yeah, with that, I think it's... It's time to end. That's the that's the podcast for this week, the story for this week. And I'm done sharing my story. I, my sto- uh, I'm my looking forward to hearing everybody else's. Um, I've got one possibly that we're recording next week um, that, that will go up the following weekend, a week from this weekend. Um, and then two weeks after that, I've got um, another person coming on as well. Um, so I know we've got the next couple of guests lined up. And I am looking forward to hearing both those stories because... Um, from what I hear, they're, they're pretty incredible. Kayla will be joining you, not me. Yeah, Kayla will be joining us. She'll be back. Um, it's just technical issues and then our story. That's why Renee's here. But maybe you'll be on someday to share your testimony when you can figure out how to put it together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm too long-winded, so we'll see. Somehow I made this thing le- uh, over half, or no, it's half the length that it was when we recorded on Saturday. So I think you'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. You guys have an awesome week. Have a blessed week. And, uh, and I look forward to, uh, to listening to another story with you guys again. <laughs> <laughs>